When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the We Are Podcast and DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcasting Network. He's Corey Geiger. I'm Jared Pugar. Corey. It is the middle of July, but Penn State is heating up on the recruiting trails. They've got some big name commitments, and this was a heck of a week for them. Uh, what what a great week! Um, Thursday, four star linebacker Tony Rojas commits. Friday, uh, four star linebacker slash edge rusher Tamir Robinson commits. Earlier in the week, four star running back London Montgomery commits. So you're talking about a tremendous, tremendous week with three four-star guys. And Penn State is now up to number three in the national recruiting rankings uh, by 247, which was what I, I used primarily. You can use others. But uh, number three right now up from number five. And that's after, remember last uh, last week, Jared, Penn State lost the quarterback, Marcus Stokes, the four-star guy to Florida. So, I mean, that was a tough blow. But, man, what a great, great week this was. And, they're up to 19 commits now for the class of 2023. And, I mean, you just have to tip your cap to James Franklin and his staff for everything that they've done on the recruiting trail really for a couple of years now. Yeah, right. I mean, recruiting has never really been the issue at Penn State. Uh, James Franklin and his staff have really done a great job of recruiting over the course of their tenure there and getting some big-name guys um, that are both highly touted but also that, that develop the right way and that, that they know – are projectable and that they can do a great job of getting the maximizing their talent. I mean, you look at a guy like Jahan Dotson and the way that he was able to develop, especially at the wide receiver position. And he had to deal with a lot of different coaches while he was at Penn state, both as coordinators and as um, you know, and as coaches, position coaches, they, it seemed like they went off with a different position coach at the wide receiver position for, for the longest time. And now they finally got stability there and that's huge. Uh, so that's, that's good. Um, but yeah, how could you not be excited to be a Penn state fan right now because of the, the amount of talent that they're landing uh, on the recruiting trail? I got a good question in uh, my live questions at five the other day, Jared, about what do you look for? from from recruits with the rankings and players and all this stuff i thought it was a good question because look the first thing we do the very first thing we do oh it's a four-star guy it's a three-star guy it's a five-star guy that's the first thing we do well let me come right out and say i don't know nor do you 
nor do 99.999% of people in this country understand what goes into all of the star rankings for all of these guys. Mm-hmm. So we can say four star three. So we're just, we're just trusting what these ranking services tell us. So what I like to look at is who all is interested in you, who all is offering you. I think that's because look to just say a four star guy, four star guy, four star guy, three star guy, whatever. Um, we don't know, but if you take a look at the offer sheets that all these guys have, Penn state is generally in the mix for the same players as Alabama, Ohio State, Georgia, Clemson, Oklahoma, Texas, Texas A&M, Pitt, West Virginia. So Penn State's not just landing a whole bunch of guys. I'm not, I don't mean this to be a slide at Pitt. I really don't. Um, a lot of times when a guy commits to Pitt, they'll get a lot of three-star guys. And yes, some of them absolutely have great, great offers from a lot of other places. But not all of them are offered by everybody in the country, the Georgias, Alabamas, Clemson, that kind of thing. So to me, I I think that's one thing I really look at extensively is because these coaches, they're not paying attention to the star. They're not not just bottom lining it with the stars from people from 247 or on three arrivals or whatever. These coaches, they get paid to do their own evaluations through camps, film work and all that kind of stuff. So to me, if a whole, if all the top programs in the country are offering a guy, they're not doing that just be, just because two four seven has him at four stars mm-hmm. or five stars. They're doing it at, based on their own homework. Yeah, right. I mean, every every program does their own homework, and sometimes a five star guy that you said that maybe Alabama likes isn't a guy that necessarily Penn State would like. It all is about who fits your system currently and how you can maximize you know that type of talent and. Again, we'd say this all the time, but I think it's very true. When you get to college, when you step foot on campus, your ranking doesn't matter. That's just the level of expectation you're expected to achieve. So sometimes those two, three-star guys are the ones that outperform you because they got to work harder. They haven't been fed to Silver Spoon. They're, maybe not they're as recruited as hard as some of the five stars, um, but they're the guys that, you know, they're the grinders. They're the workers. They're the ones that are really setting the tone and, and really busting their butt to get that opportunity and make the most of it. And that is a, and that's a value too. And, you know, breaking down Penn state's commits, they got 19 They're Of course, you know, the overall ranked on 24 seven is three, but the, the team in front of them is of course, Ohio <laughs> state. Yeah. So <laughs> go figure. Um, but again, the biggest thing for me now is you got all this talent develop, 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 develop. And when that happens, you know, I think the biggest thing as well, as far as the recruiting goes, you know, development is great, but you can't develop until they get on campus. So they've, these guys have to graduate, whether that's in December next year or in June or May or whenever their school does it, but it's the, this code, this, especially this class and the last few classes, they're recruiting themselves. They guys like Alex, Alex Birchmeyer are recruiting fellow players and, and, and fellow recruits. And I think that matters too, because that's, that's where the culture is. It's, hey, come be a part of this because we think it could be something special. And on paper, it does seem like that could be it. Yeah, that's an excellent point. With the word of mouth, the momentum, momentum is huge in recruiting, and you get one guy, and he kind of, one or two, three guys kind of become the leaders of 
uh, of the recruiting class and really spearheading efforts to get other guys on, on board. And I think that's a, a terrific point. Let, let's set up – I want to set up what, what all we're going to talk about for the entire podcast because it's all a bunch of offshoots of this, okay? So in the second segment, we're going to have a little fun with – if you were a 16- or 17-year-old kid and a coach is recruiting you, what do you want to hear? What are you going to ask them? What, what, how are you going to make your determination, but from one school to the next, what's your mom going to ask them? What's your dad going to ask them? What, what, you know, we're going to kind of get into that in the second segment. And then here's a fascinating thing, Jared, we, we didn't fully determine exactly uh, everything beforehand about the third segment. We usually like to kind of leave that open, but you said development. And here's what I think is key. We'll get into the, all of this later on extensively, Jared, which is, Okay, they are developing these players. They're getting them to the NFL, but they're not winning games. So there is a disconnect. We're talking right now about a great week, three four-star commits, the number three recruiting class in the country, but they went seven and six last year. How do you fix that? Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. Like They are developing. They're sending guys to the NFL, which is the ultimate goal for these kids. They want to get to the NFL. They want to graduate. Penn State wants to get them their degrees, right? Success with honor. They want to get that done. But at the same time, you know, these guys have a goal of playing playing at the next level. And that next level is really the NFL. And and that's and they're doing that. They're pushing guys out at a rate that I haven't seen in my lifetime. Um, even in the early 2000s, they were pretty talented. And even in the 80s and 90s, they're putting some good talent in the NFL. And even not even just like the good talent, but guy like, and this is no knock on Troy Apke, but Troy Apke had a, an okay career at Penn State. Was was a pretty you know meaningful player uh, on that defense. Started out on offense, ended up on defense um, in the defensive backfield. He's been in the league for four or five years now, and that's not something they expected. Now Deion Sanders, and you can talk about the run, run. This dude can run, run. But you know when you look at the the paper and you expect Troy Apke, you know he makes the NFL and he and he lasts there. And I think that's huge. Drew Hartlob is the same same thing up in I think Minnesota. Um, but that's that's development. That's getting those guys to the NFL. But again, it goes back to our question: How much does winning matter? So these yeah. guys are going to the NFL, but the wins haven't really followed, which is kind of a weird thing because typically you would expect the, the wins to be there, but they haven't been for Penn State in in recent years. All right, now I'm going to ask the good question here. When we so we'll take a break here. We're going to get into a really good discussion in the second segment. And a lot of it is basically what Jared just said. So I thought, I thought uh, that's really the key if I'm a 16 or 17-year-old kid. Right. So we'll talk about that here on the next segment of the We Are Podcast and DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcasting Network. Welcome back to the second segment of the We Are Podcast, the K Pittsburgh Sports Podcast Network. He's Geiger. I'm Jared. And Corey, let's go back to when we were 16, 17 years old. Do you remember <laughs> that for you? Man, you know what? Uh, you know, you kind of long for you're younger. See, you're only you're old. That wasn't very long ago for you. That was 30 something years ago for me. You kind of long for and you remember the good times of the teenage years. But man, I, I freaking hated high school, Jared. Didn't most people hate high school? And uh, we, we think, okay, we could go back to be teenagers and we could enjoy it. But, uh, you know, I, I, I wouldn't want any part of that. But what we can discuss with this is 
whatever you're whatever you were like as a 16 or 17 year old kid jared if if you're a star recruit and we're going to keep this into football for right now not necessarily penn state football but just football you're a star recruit i'm a coach i'm coming into the prugar living room what can i do to convince you to convince mama prugar all your parents your family what can i do to convince you to come to my school one i love food um, food's very good. Um, but if I'm that top guy, I mean, it's opportunities because I'm a big fish in a bait in a small pond. And I want to be told that I can come in and compete right away. I want to be a starter for four years or three years and get to the NFL. So what can you do to do that? But also what can I do to graduate? Because graduating is going to be the most important thing. I'm going to be a first year, first generation uh, college graduate. So I want to know what you're going to do to help me get to that point while I balance academics and athletics. So what can you provide me there to do that? That's that's interesting because I am fully on board. I think these guys want to know what can you do to get me to the NFL? I believe if you're a four-star, five-star guy, these kind of players, they might ask a lot of things that they think the coach wants to hear, but I think the number one thing they want to know is what can you do to get me to the pros? Okay, so you said something fascinating that, quite frankly, I'm going to disagree with in 2022. You said something I think that was true 10 years ago and 20 years ago and 50 years ago, and that's the education part. Do you still believe that that is all honesty, all cards on the table? Yes, they have to ask. Yes, mom and dad might say they about the education, but if you're a four-star, five-star guy, do you still honestly believe that the education is one of the most important things that these guys are interested in with where they're picking schools? Um, I think to an extent, I think that's the type of player that Penn State talks about, right? When, when James Franklin was talking about USC, um, this is before USC came or was about to go to the Big Ten, but a lot of those guys are committed to the school. And a lot of those guys, you know, were prepared to stay at Penn State, even if James Franklin wasn't there. Now, they said that whether they meant it is is different. But at Penn State, if Penn State's recruiting you, they want you to come to be there, come be there and be an athlete and be a student as well. And they want you to graduate. And I think a lot I think there's a lot of value in that, because, again, the NFL stands for not for long. So I think, you know, as a parent, as a player, you want to have a backup plan when the NFL doesn't go your way because you're one injury away from not playing again. And you're the same thing in college too. Um, but now I think you have to add in the social media aspect, right? I want to be wined and dined and I want to be shown off on social media. So whatever I can do to eval- like to validate my brand and, and that, in that blue and white and those recruiting pictures, you know, whether my family's got to be in there, the dog, the sister, I don't have any sisters, but you know, the aunts, the uncles, the girlfriends, the, the puppies, the cats, you know, everything's got to be there. And when I'm on that visit, hey, listen, you're going to go out all out. And at Penn State, you know, typically they preach a family atmosphere. And I think that's important, too, because a lot of these guys are coming from, you know, far away from home, uh, hours and hours away. And Penn State is not an easy place to get to. So you want to have a place where it feels like home and you're comfortable. And I think if if that all lines up, then I think they have as good a shot as any to get get guys there. It's fascinating because I just don't agree with hardly anything you just said for this reason. Not that you're wrong, but I'm going to be the cynical a-hole here, okay? 
16 and 17 year old kids, I don't think care about any of that stuff that you just said. Now, yes, they do the brand and the, the, the second part, the brand, the social media, all that stuff they care about. All that education stuff, that's the past. And again, I hate to say this because what we're talking about here, everything you said should be true. And I think for throughout history, everything you said was true. I don't, almost no part of me believes, Jared, that a four or five star kid gives a damn about anything you just said at 16 years old. Now, at, at 19, 20, 21 years old, when they're in college and they're learning and they, and they, you, you see what I'm getting at here? Once they're in school and they appreciate more growing up, and certainly when they leave school, they look back on everything that happened at Penn State. But I am talking about the singular component. You're visiting my living room as a 16-year-old kid. I don't care about the education. I, I, I don't. I'm, I'm, I do personally. I, I would have. But do, do you see where I'm getting at here? That I think that, I think that college athletics has changed so drastically. And I've, I'm already on record saying these are not student athletes anymore. They are athlete students. And we haven't even talked about NIL money yet because I think, can you get me to the NFL and how much can I get? I think those are the two most important things that the kids are going to want. But again, I'm talking about 16-year-old Jared Prugar. Are you mature enough in 2022 to put education at the forefront? And that's going to be a determining factor. Any, any level of determining factor, because I just – Jared, I just don't believe that is for these kids. I think it has to be, you know, especially, I mean, we're talking about what the parents want. The parents want as much money as they can get for their kids. They want what's best for the kids. And yeah, NIL is going to be a big deal. How much money can you get me? And what is what does that look like? And in all honesty, I don't think a lot of coaches legally are able to say what they can uh, get. But they're um, still talking about it. Right. And, and right. by the way, and that's why I said legally. So, yeah, and you know, let you me just point this out, that. by the way. All these guys Penn State are recruiting, Jared, they're being recruited by Ohio State. That's a great academic school. Alabama, Michigan, Notre Dame. They're being recruited by sensational. Look, Penn State is a world-class university. But they're being recruited by 15 world-class universities. And that's why I get back and I'll harp on my point of, again, I, Jared, I wish you were right. I, I truly do wish you were right because what you're saying is what college athletics are supposed to be. I just don't think that it matters. I just don't think that today with all the opportunities that they're going to Penn state because they Penn state's got a great business program or great, whatever academic program. I think these guys are going to wherever can help them get to the NFL. Yeah. And I think, you know, the other thing too, that you have to balance with the NIL is does this set me up for life now? And, yep. and what kind of money can I get in the future too? Because again, you're an injury away from not having a career anymore. And but and do you think 16, 17 year old kids realize that? I think to an extent they do, uh, because if you're if you're a highly talented athlete, you obviously you're naive to the thought that it's going to hurt you, but or that you could get hurt, and you're really not thinking that far down the line. But you has to be in the back of your mind, because you're again you could get hurt your junior year, your senior year. And that could be catastrophic to everything. So you have to balance that. And at 16, 17 years old, you're not, uh, many people aren't mature enough to make that type of decision. 
Correct. Right. So, so your coaches and, and universities are taking advantage of that, that immaturity um, and doing and pulling out all stops, you know, the, the uniforms, the, the locker room pictures, the, just the social media dedicated pictures that you see all the time and the tours, the facilities, this, that, and the promises, the empty promises, the full, the fulfilled promises. So, you know, there's a lot of bullshit that goes on uh, and that's college recruiting. That's recruiting in any aspect. You're getting it in high school levels, you know, with a lot of the private schools and, and things of that nature. Um, so NIL is here to stay, unfortunately, um, and, and in a good way too. Um, but at the same time, you know, you have to balance that. And I think with the NIL, that gives you a little bit more of a leeway to think about your future if the money is right there, because then you can kind of play free. And hey, listen, if I get 500, 600, 700,000, that's still life changing money, but I'm also going to get that money plus my degree. Plus, I might still end up in the NFL and get even more money. Yeah. So, as much as it is, as much as that recruiting model sucks, uh, it's the way that the business is run. So, it's very hard to sit here and say, hey, listen, you know, if you're sitting across from me in my living room, you're sliding that paper. Hey, this is what we can give you. And yeah, this is what's what options are available. But what needs to happen in states like Pennsylvania, especially like when we talked about with Morgan Frazier, a successful honor, those states and those commonwealths need to come together and make sure that, hey, the, these collectives are working hand in hand with these state universities or any university for that matter, so that they can talk about those things because that's going to, that's going to be what helps this money. And there's so much money in college athletics to go around. And this isn't even touching what the universities can do because the universities can't pay these kids, but these collectives can. And that's, you know, that's the, the fuzzy line there where, Hey, you're, you're making hundred million dollars off your TV deal. And yet the kids still aren't getting a piece of the pie. They're going elsewhere to get it. And, and I'm going to belabor this point one more time. In 2022, that's what these high school kids are reading about. That's what their friends are asking them about. That's what their families are asking them about. It's not the education. It's not the degree. Hey, Jared, let's fast forward 30 years. All this stuff we were talking about earlier, they're going to want to know what can I get? How much can I get? What can my family get? The, the, the me component in all of this of recruiting is is again I'll, I'll say this for the 10th time i wish it wasn't this way it's not what college athletics were set up to be but this is the reality right now and i do want to mention one other component because again you're visiting my living i'm visiting your living room i'm trying to convince mama prugar to get you to come to my school i think the other another major factor here and we'll get into some of this in the third segment as well is i want to know what kind of personal relationship my son and our family can have with the head coach and the assistant coaches. And this is where I believe James Franklin hits an eight run home run at Penn state. He has a phenomenal ability to build these and he, and his staff as well to build these relationships with these young people and their families and make them feel special. I'm going to make mama Prugar feel special about how much I love her boy. That's how I'm going to convince mama Prugar to get my boy to your school. And again, not to belabor the point again, not because I can give you a great degree. It's because I'm going to treat you like a special human being. Right. You're able to get that, um, 
I mean, you have to build those relationships. Those relationships matter more than anything, I think, with the parents, because the parents are ultimately most of these parent, these kids, role models and guidelines and, and, and their guidance counselors, so to say. So you want to, you're recruiting the parents almost more than you are the player. You know what the player can bring to the table, but you got to get them to, on campus. So Corey, I'm sitting in your office or I'm sitting in your living room. What am I, how, how do I get you to come to Penn State? You need to get me to the pros. That's that's the bottom line. And and again, we're going to spend a lot of time in the third segment on this particular component. So I'm not going to put all my eggs in the basket here. But you need I, I need to prove if I am Tony Rojas, if I'm Micah Parsons, look, folks, we're not talking about two and three star guys. That's not what we're talking about here. We're not talking about your mid-level uh, pro- prospects. And co- we're talking about the high level guys. I want to know what you can do to get me to the pros. And I want to know how much money you can give me. That's that's where we are. That's where we have been for a little while. It's absolutely where we're going. If you don't prove to me that you can get me to the pros and I can make money off, off all this, then you know what? Georgia just did. Ohio State did. Uh, Alabama did. They're proving to me, Jared. They're, pro- they're, they're selling me on everything that they're doing. And you know what? Penn State has a lot to sell there as well. There's no question about it. Yeah, right. And, you know, I, I think, you know, they have a good, as good of a chance as any. And, and once the NIL stuff picks up for them, I, it's going to be, you know, I, I think it's going to get even better for the university. And, and obviously they're making changes to the facilities. You know, I'm very interested to see when this Beaver Stadium facelift really picks up pace. Um, because it's going to be interesting to see what they do and how they, I mean, the renderings look really cool. Um, and again, it's all the bells and whistles, man. You, you want to go to the camp, you want to go to the campus and you, you want to be wild, right? There's nothing that says wow about Beaver Stadium except game day. And Hey, Jared, let me add one more rooms and the team rooms. And that's what makes it. Wow. I want to add one more thing. Neither Jared or I, nor I were major college prospects or anything. So we're not speaking to this from any level of personal experience. So when you ask me, I, again, I, if I was not a four or five star guy, if I'm just a college, do you know want to know what want to know what the most important thing to me would be? You said it very, very early on at the very beginning. It would be an, an opportunity. I want to play. I, I want to play. Um, I want to play not now. I want to play right away. For me personally, as somebody who loves to play, I I want as much of a guarantee that I'm going to get an opportunity to play right away. And I say this for this reason. There are so many guys in college athletics that they will go somewhere and they're willing to sit for two or three years. They're willing to sit at Alabama for two years because they know ultimately they'll get their shot and they will, uh, and, and that will help them. There are guys that will walk on at Penn State, Jared, and they'll never play. They'll never see the field other than the blue-white game as opposed to going to Shippensburg or, or Cal PA, and they could be a starter. Yeah. Give me, give, give me Shippensburg or Cal PA to be, again, I'm just, per, I'm being perfectly honest with here. I want to play and don't get me wrong. I've known people that got tremendous amount out of being the walk on at Penn state and walking on out there in front of a hundred thousand. I want to play. I personally want to play. That is more, that would be more important to me than any, you know, if the NFL is not an opportunity, if the NBA is not a reality, I want to be on the field and play. You see what I'm getting at? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, playing matters, right? That's why you're there. You want to have that. You don't, you can't get opportunities to make money off your name if you're on the sideline. 
But if it's not, it's not, I'm not even talking but about also, money. To, to I mean, go to the I next just, level, you can't get there if you don't play. I'm not even talking about that though, Jerry. I just want to play, man. I'm not going to sit on the bench. I, I'm not, I, I, me personally, I, I never, I never sat on the bench until like high school basketball. And I sat on the bench then. I hated it. I freaking hated it. It was awful. And so that's why I, I'm literally blown away by these kids who will go the route of walking on when they could go be a, you could go be a starting quarterback at Shippensburg. And yet you'll walk on at Penn state and you'll never see the field. And again, they might get a tremendous amount out of that. I'm just saying me personally, if there's, even if I have nothing else to gain, I, I Jared, you, you, I think you're still playing baseball. Don't you just want to play? I mean, don't, don't you just want to compete and be out there and be part of it? Not just practicing. Right. As an athlete, your, your competitive nature says you want to be on the field right now. Mm-hmm. For me, I quit playing about two years ago. Now I'm, you know, slated to have some type of shoulder surgery here within, I find out coming in the coming weeks, but you know, you want to play, you want to go out and compete. You want to get better each and every time you're out there. Right. That's why you play the game. And you know, if you're sitting on the sides and you're okay with it, I mean, as a walk-on, you know, you want to play because as a, as a walk-on at Penn state, you were probably the best player at your high school. Absolutely. Yep. And you know, and maybe you were recruited by some of the lower schools, maybe a Mac school or an, or, or a big South school or, you know, a school of that or, or big South or, or whatever. And, you know, when you look at that and you look at that as a whole and you're like, okay, well, I can go play at Penn state. I might not play, but again, that's where the education part comes in. Yes, right? it is. Yes, and- absolutely. That, that is where you're to go back to your conversation. That is where getting the Penn State degree, the Penn State Alumni Association, going to that that's where it all matters. And and so I do get exactly why some people would want all of that. But if you're coming into my my living room and and mom and dad Geiger are asking where I'm going to play and I'm asking where I'm going to play, I I'll ask you, Jared, if you could walk on at Penn State and never see the field or you could go play at Shippensburg, which would you rather do? It depends on where I'm at as an athlete, right? If I'm, if I think that I have a chance to go and play at, at Penn State and, and which they it, all, it, do. yeah, and it depends, you know. And let's be real, they don't call them walk-ons. We're not yeah. walking on at Penn State. We're running on, right? Um, yeah. So we have to, you know, be on brand. Um, but I'm, you know, Shippensburg's two hours, two and a half hours away from where I live. Mm-hmm. Um, at that point in time, I'm, and still to this day, I'm a mama's boy, so. You know, I, I want to be close to uh, my parents and I want to make sure that that's well taken care of and, and those sorts of things. So, you know, it, it's uh, to me, if I can go in and walk on and afford it, right, what kind of packages are they offering me? Is, am I going to get additional academic packages or is it going to be a full ride to Shippensburg? I think that matters too. Um, but at the same time, you know, I how could you not say no to that brand? Right. You have to be able to say, Hey, this is what I want. This is what I, I need. Um, and, and, and it depends on what I want after school. Right. Because if I want to coach, is it going to look better if I was a member of yeah, Penn sure. State, Penn That's a good point. roster, or yep. is it going to look better if I played at Shippensburg in the division two capacity, you know, it, it's just one of those deals. And I think well, that's something you have to balance. And to me, um, I want to, be able to balance that. So I would probably go to Penn state and, and walk on. Um, uh, I, now, I would go where I could play to me. Now, the it depends. Time. 
so for me, if I, if we're back in high school, uh, with the way that my body was, I would go and walk on knowing that I'm going to get the shit kicked out of me, um, every game or every practice. But, you know, again, that goes back to competitive nature. Do you, you now you have to prove yourself. You have to prove yourself as a, as a walk on and prove yourself. You would do that the same as ship or Cal U or, or RMU or, or wherever. But again, you have to be able to handle that. And for me as an athlete at that point in time, I would have walked on there and tried to bust my tail and earn that scholarship. And, and that's where I would have got my, my competitive juices. I know that I'm probably not going to see the field with Saquon Barkley, but I'm going to do everything I can to bust my butt and try to get on that field with Saquon Barkley and, and make an impact on that roster for, while also knowing that, Hey, listen, this is probably not going to last the longest time. Well, that's why I think this is a good podcast sometimes because sometimes we just completely disagree on, on something and I'm going where I'm going to play and uh, I'm not going to go sit on the bench for three. If I've got three and I'm kind of looking at this more from a baseball standpoint, folks, because I grew up with, as a baseball player. If I've got three years left to play baseball, I'm not going to go walk on at Penn State where I'm never going to see the field. If I can go if I can go get uh, a thousand at bats at Shippensburg. Uh, I, I, well, baseball is a completely different beast compared to college football. It's the way things yeah. are set up there. So that's, that could be on our young bucks podcast, Corey. Oh, that's good. The that's draft good, is coming up. Yeah, there you go. But these are, I love these kinds of discussions because again, to try to put yourself in the mind mindset of a 16 or 17 year old kid. That's why I, was I don't so want to be in that mode. Absolutely. I did that before. Yeah. yeah. That's why I was so adamant earlier, Jared, that I don't think any of these 16 or 17 year old damn kids are thinking a, 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 the least bit about the education component. They, they want what they can get right now. And sometimes, you know, you get a mature kid, but what we're thinking about is the third segment. We'll catch you on the flip side of this break on the, we are podcast and DK Pittsburgh sports podcasting network. Welcome back to the third and final segment. Corey has committed to Penn State to play. I've committed to Penn State as a walk-on. Now, Corey, we're on campus. What's next? Well, this is this is the flip side to what we talked about in the first segment of how great of a week it was recruiting. And we have we've done podcasts on this before. Penn State won seven games last year, Jared and had eight guys drafted into the NFL. That's a problem. That's a problem. So James Franklin is sensational. As good as there is at building the relationship, telling your mom and dad what they want to hear, telling you what you want to hear, they clearly, he and his staff, clearly do a phenomenal job of selling the program. And then they also do a phenomenal job of developing these people as individuals to prepare them for the pros. That's two out of three home runs, Jared. That's two out of three. Recruiting well, developing well. Why aren't they winning more games? And so that's my point here. I think fans couldn't give a crap about any of this stuff that we're talking about, to be perfectly honest with you, because Penn State went seven and six. And I think they look at a number three recruiting ranking and number six last year, and they think, 
so what? They went seven and six. You see what I'm getting at? That's the disconnect of, of when we try to focus so much on recruiting versus why can these guys not win games? That's the thing, Corey. You look at the roster and there, the talent is there. It's clear. It, the talent has been there. But the wins don't add up for one reason or another, whether it's a delay of game at Michigan State that's killer. Um, as far as, you know, you're, you're in a tornado warning or whatever, or you go to Michigan State in, in, the, in the driving snow, you, you run the ball when you're going against one of the worst secondaries in the country. Or, you know, you're, you don't have a second quarterback prepped for when your starting quarterback goes down um, with the back injury or, yep. or what yep. have you. So, you know, it all adds up, but the wins have to add up too. And I understand that over the last two years, there have been a multitude of changes that have been unlike anything that James Franklin's had to deal with at Penn State. So it's handling that adversity and James Franklin getting better at, at game day management. And, you know, a, a lot of people are, you know, a lot of his play calls could be suspect. Um, and, and whether he makes them or not, and obviously you've got Mike Yersich in year two now coming up. But at some point, you can get all the five stars, three stars, four stars, no stars, all the stars you want. It has to add up in the win and lot in the win column because if it adds up in the loss column, then what are you doing? Because if you're losing, you're you're not making money for your university. The the winning solves everything mantra is incredibly prevalent in college football because if you're winning, you're making money, you're filling your seats. Penn State will never have an issue filling seats, um, but it all adds up because that. Not only does that add in, in gate revenue or, or whatever, but you're playing in a premier bowl game. You're, you're playing maybe in a big 10 championship. You're getting a piece of the playoff by your, those things matter. And then you're generating that revenue, you know, through success with honor. And also just philanthropically to help offset those costs uh, of making the campus better and making the football facilities better as well. Well, what we're talking about here is we did a whole podcast on this last month. Penn State does everything well except for three hours on Saturday a lot of times. And, and that is the reason James Franklin is not beloved by the, co- by the, the fan base. Because, again, I'm sitting here, we're sitting here telling everybody they got the number three recruiting class in the country right now. And if you go through – now, look, social media can be vile comments. It's just the way people are. But if you go through the social media comments for the last week, it's all – yeah, but Franklin will mess it up. Yeah, but Franklin can't coach. Yeah, but Franklin can't win with these guys. Yeah, you see what I'm getting at? You would yeah. think, oh, I got, he's had a phenomenal week recruiting, and, and there's this massive feeling out there that James Franklin can't win with these guys. And, and that's, look, that's where we are after a couple of really bad years. But can they, starting this year, turn that trend around, Jared? Right. You know, the, the talent is there. It, it's again, it's developing that talent to, to be in the best position imaginable on Saturdays or even a Thursday here and there, maybe even a Friday. It's but on the field between those white lines, you got to put the best best team that you have together. That could be a no star guy, a one star, two star, three star, four star, five star. Again, when they get to college, that doesn't matter. It's all about production, development and getting to where you need to be as a program in doing whatever it takes to do that. And when Penn State is able to do that and, and put it all together, I think it could be a special program again. And I think, you know, you saw glimpses of that with the Big Ten Championship and the performances in those bowl games. But a lot of those times, you know, Penn State goes down early 
and has to fight and claw its way back out, you know, and, and uh, that comes down to game day management, putting players in the right positions to succeed uh, and calling the right plays to, to make that happen. But, you know, on paper, Penn State should be pretty good this year. So we're going to have to see what happens. Well, let me ask you this. When we go back to what we were talking about with, with recruits, do you believe – well, let, let's see if you agree or disagree with what I'm about to say. I believe the record of a team, very little to no impact on what that 16- or 17-year-old kid is deciding about his future. No, it's and clear. So, it's clear because yeah. if, they, if that mattered – this class wouldn't be as good as it is. Yeah, Jerry. And so you're trying to figure out what these kids are thinking. And, and what I think they're thinking is the team's record in a given year doesn't matter if they can get you to the NFL. And certainly Penn State can do that. James Franklin and his staff have proven that they can develop guys. And so if I'm a 16, 17-year-old kid, do I care that Penn State went seven and six last year? Probably not, because I'm so confident in my abilities and all these other recruits' abilities that We'll get there and, and we'll win with us. You know what I'm saying? Right. And that's the thing. I mean, when to wins, we talk about this in baseball all the time. Do wins and losses really matter? Sometimes they do. Sometimes they don't, you know, and uh, sometimes it rains. <laughs> yeah. And, and sometimes, you know, the games get postponed. But again, you know, it, 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 it all comes down to the individual. And I think that's the other thing, too, because now you've got to re recruit. We talked about recruiting, you know, the player and the families. Well, now, you know, in all honesty, the way that I would break it down as a college football coach, I'm recruiting the families to get them to Penn State. And then I'm recruiting the players to keep them at Penn State once they're there. And, you know, you kind of let the players recruit themselves um, when you get a guy to commit like a Birchmeyer and, and get those guys to buy in and, and that sort of thing what, what that matters. And then, you know, once that happens, then – I would focus on keeping them at Penn state for as long as they're able to. And as long as they're going to help your program. Yeah. But the, from a fan standpoint, I want you to win damn games on Saturday and you can, you can do all this recruiting stuff you want. Um, and that's great for the, the recruiting geeks out there that live this stuff. But I do, I do still believe the vast overwhelming majority of college football fans, the 80 to 90%, they, they care about Saturday. They, yeah. they, while they, they're interested in what we're talking about to a degree, show up and win the damn game on Saturday. Right. And that's what Penn State needs to do in the fall to prove that, hey, we can get these guys and we can develop them. And not only are they going to go to the NFL, but we're also going to put wins in the win column. And that's exactly what the Nittany Lions need. And that's what James Franklin needs to validate that long-term deal. Yeah, no question. Uh, this is a fun conversation. We, we picked apart a lot of different aspects of really the same discussion. But, uh, boy, I, I, I'll recap what we talked about in the first segment. But this was a great week for Penn State. Certainly everything is going well uh, with the USC and UCLA joining the Big Ten. Penn State's recruiting going well. There, there are a lot of positives right now about the Penn State football program. Now we just need to see James Franklin improve as a head coach and and, and we can see him maybe take the next step. Yeah, and I think once that happens, man, I, I think then the, the freight train starts to go downhill, and I think in a very good way. And I think Penn State has the right resources. Now they're still behind uh, in certain things in the facilities and the stadiums and, and that sort of thing. But I think the right position, right people are in place to make sure that, that they, they catch up because they have to. Because, again, there are two teams right now that are ahead of them, Notre Dame and 
Ohio State. And those are two teams that, you know, Penn State's going out and, and recruiting against. And you have to be able to overcome that and, and deal with that. And fortunately for Penn State, they don't play Notre Dame uh, as of right now. But Ohio State, man, they're in division. They're, that's your competition to, to get to the college football playoff, to get to the Big Ten Championship, and to win, you know, on one Saturday every year. School X. So as well as Penn State's doing in everything, as we've talked about before, you still got to find a way to beat School X out there. Yeah, and, and until they do that consistently, we're having the same conversations year after year. But for the sake of this conversation, let's get off and, and see, you know, Courtney, we got to get to campus now that we've been recruited. I think Coach needs us for practice. So for Corey Geiger, I'm Jared Prugar. Thank you, as always, for listening to the We Are podcast on the DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcast Network. Have a great week, everybody.